Hi everyone and welcome to The Women's Scoop with me, Kirsty King. Thank you so much for joining me for this very first episode of a brand new show in the Scoop family, all about women making positive change both on campus and beyond. I've got a great first show lined up for you today which I'm very excited about. Later on I'll be joined by QUB students and bloggers Abby Davidson and Rachel Hassan for the first of a regular show segment, Worldwide Women. But first, I'll be chatting to QBSU's part-time women's officer, Holly Tunstall, about her role and the work she's been getting up to this year. So without further ado, let's get on with the show and here's my conversation with Holly. I'm now joined by Holly Tunstall, the QBSU's part-time women's officer. Holly, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Good morning. <laughs> You're welcome. Good morning to you. Um, so just before we get into discussing your role as women's officer, would you like to yes. just tell us a little bit about yourself first? Yeah, so I um, am a, I've just turned 21 and I'm in my second year as an English student at Queen's. And um, I originally come from Leeds, which is a bit different. It's a bit, a bit, cosmo- <laughs> a bit cosmopolitan to me, Belfast. It's all very different, but it's very <laughs> exciting um, to be over there. I Before I started uni, I took a gap year and worked in um, A&E in Leeds on the reception so it's quite enjoyable to be a student after having a little bit of a taste of the real, real world like to yeah. put it off for a little bit longer. That's great it's really interesting um, so now that we know you a little better um, would you like to just tell us maybe for anyone who's listening who's not might not be so aware of uh, the different sort of part-time officers in the SU. Can you tell us a little bit about the role of the women's officer within QBSU? Yes, so this is quite topical because um, elections are coming up. So if people are wanting to run for part-time and full-time roles, um, this might be useful. I, I hope it will be useful. <laughs> um, the job mainly is to represent women and female issues in me- in every aspect of Queen's that we can get involved in. So it's basically just being uh, like burly bodyguard for women and making sure in meetings that our rights are being preserved and what's happening reflects and it is fair to women. And and that extends to women and minority genders, I think. It's not just girls. We're looking out for everyone. It's only mm. fair when it's fair for everyone. Yeah. Um, so anyone that self-defines as a woman um, can run and vote in the elections, which is great. That means it's like tailor, people are tailor-elected. Um and but you're, yeah, you're essentially the voice of women in the SU. But it's also quite important to encourage other women and empower well, encourage empower other women to have a voice. Like women already have a voice. We just need to know that we are being listened to when we use it. So that is that's my main role. Yeah, definitely. I think it's really important um, that women have a voice on campus. Um, yeah. So yeah, now that you've t- told us a little bit about the role. Um, could you just tell us a little bit about the areas, sort of specific areas that you've been working in so far this year and also your plans for the rest of the year? Yeah, absolutely. So my manifesto originally, when I ran for women's rep, reflected like enthusiastic consent and um, support for victims. So because of everything that's gone on, like obviously this has been a very difficult year, especially for women. Um, I've tried, my work has kind of... I've, I've almost struggled a bit because I feel like I had my blinkers on and then I was like, actually, I've kind of been, you need to redirect your work to what is happening in the present threats almost that are going on in the world to women. So that's kind of been my 
focus, but I've really been pushing and campaigning for um, spiking kits, which I know um, Neve and other office, other full-time officers um, in the SU have done a brilliant job of making sure that they've also, I mean, they have done the real legwork in the university and now kind of waking up to that and reflecting that. So I think um, I'm pretty sure the SU have launched um, drink spiking kits in the student union things and in the student union bar, I think. And making sure that they are they are planning to run a self-certification for like a safe spaces list in pubs and clubs around Belfast. So that would be, okay, if you meet our criteria of what, of spiking kit, I, I'm using as an example, spiking kits, you know, safe, safe medical spaces that are protected, places where people can go, clearly identified officers to help out, then places will be like, oh, okay, this is a safe space for women and girls and minority genders to go drink mm. so I think there's quite a lot of that happening which is fantastic which was I was really passionate about especially um as the start of the year it was quite a um worrying time mm. I think I was worried um Definitely. with everything going on in the media so I think that was really important um yeah, yeah it's like the uni's finally seeming to come round and like oh actually this is an issue here mm. Definitely. what else I've done lots of work with um individuals that have brought things to me which it's actually been kind of my favorite bit because it's quite a tangible thing of okay well what can I do to help you like if I've got a tailor case what can I what do you need from me and what can I do for you so I always welcome that if anyone needs anything or they're just not sure where to go I can definitely try and help you there I'm no expert but I can make sure that I put you in touch with an expert yeah definitely um for, for the rest of the year, sorry, I'm cutting off that. <laughs> Just for the, re- for the rest of the year, I want to look at Elms, Elms mm-hmm. and consent in Elms Village, because I know I'd like to spread it in the future to QB accommodation in general. But I know last year when I was running for election, um, lots of girls were asking me, oh, can you focus on this area? So that is what I'm going to be doing hmm. next year. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> this term. <laughs> That's really useful to know. And yeah, the spiking, definitely, that was a really sort of worrying thing at the start of the year. Yeah. And um, I think... It's really good that the university are starting to address it more as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and other than sort of spiking, another thing at the moment that I think a lot of female students are probably more sort of anxious about is the sort of recent instances of gender yeah. violence on the streets that we've seen. Yeah. Um, and I think if sort of female students at Queen's, maybe they're feeling a bit more anxious or a bit worried when they're walking around yes. campus. Um, is there any sort of services that the, the university or the students union provide um to ensure that a student if they're walking home alone for example if they can sort of feel safe again um in that moment yeah so i completely understand this um feeling at the minute because you know i i feel everything everyone else feels um i think it's important to make sure that the onus isn't landing on us as normal because it always seems to be oh what can you do to make yourself safer and that's Mm. that's unfair it's not all our it's not our problem almost Mm. it's not our responsibility but that being said there are I mean I would say if you're in if you feel that you're walking on campus and you feel in immediate danger and it is an emergency don't hesitate to call the emergency services there are safety alarms um that can be What's the word? It can be. Oh, um, not a... <laughs> I'm losing my marble. <laughs> Can't think of the proper word, but yeah. Not a cheat. 
you can get to safety alarms yeah. <laughs> from um, the student union and um, QUB security if you'd want if if that would make you feel more comfortable. And QB security are also they have a phone number where they're contactable twenty four seven. So it's it's worth you know putting that if in your phone if you're worried about okay if I feel unsafe on campus that's a number I can ring. So they're all good measures of if this would make you feel safer then absolutely. But it's important we've already got enough you know we already have enough rules in our head that we've been brought up with like don't do this don't walk at night don't do whatever. Yeah. So it's a bit unfair yeah. for everything to then fall back on us. But they're definitely things that you can do if you feel unsafe. Yeah, definitely. That's really useful to know. And um, additionally, if sort of maybe in a more serious instance, if a female student is subject to any inappropriate or threatening um, behaviour around campus, um, are there any sort of safe steps that they can take to report it um, so they don't feel sort of intimidated to, to do that? Yes. So we have... I've met, I recently met with um, John Finnegan, who runs Report and Support. So I have a bit more information on it than I previously had had. Now, it's not perfect, the system, but it exists. And how John described it to me, and I can't comment on the experience of everyone because I haven't, you know, I've never been in that position. But how John explained it to me was that it is almost a um, directory. So if you come in, you're almost directed to organizations that can help if you need support if you need support and they can support you through a reporting process if you wanted to submit a police report or submit a QB report now as I said before it's not perfect um and John is a really nice one and he really wants to make it better for everyone so there's lots of things going on at the minute I know um people have brought things to me that I want to then meet again with him and discuss because I, I it's a good thing to make sure that change is done and it's and it that it's, it's fit for purpose mm, yeah but it's more of a it's more of a direct so they can direct you to student well-being PSNI the Rowan Nexus NI Women's Aid all organizations like that rape crisis and I that can really help and and give you the proper support that you need yeah definitely so it's sort of about signposting you to the services yes, that can help posting. really yeah that's yeah great. absolutely that's great. yeah and just on the topic of sort of gender-based violence in general you actually gave a speech um at the qb feminist and equality society's in-person panel talk in december which was called Fem- feminism and gender-based violence a pandemic and i'll talk a bit more to the feminist and equality society um, about that when they come on the show in a couple of weeks but would you like to tell us a little bit about your speech as part of the event Yes, so I was um, very grateful to be asked to that event and there were some brilliant speakers um, talking about uh, the pandemic of gender violence. My speech was mainly tailored around what the SU is currently doing as a whole, what the university is doing. Obviously, I can speak more on the behalf of the SU, um, but it was really about all the campaigns. It was kind of a collation of all the campaigns that are currently going on and just kind of giving a rundown. So I talked about... Um, and Neve is launching next week a sexual harassment, a uh, pledge against sexual harassment campaign. And I know she wants, she, I think involved in that is consent packs and things mm. like that. And she wants to take on and trivialize, like take on trivializing behaviors surrounding harassment mm. and the normalization of it. And then the drink spiking kits that they launched um, not so long ago, because that was all very new. Yeah. So that, that it kind of was a collation of what's going on in the student union. That's great. 
Um, it sounds like a really interesting talk as well, and um, really great that they organised that. Um, and you've also written a number of articles for us at The Scoop this year as Women's Officer as well. Um, would you like to tell us a little bit about those and the sort of topics that you discussed? Yes, so I have done, they're quite different, my articles are quite different. <laughs> I've done, I did one um, recently, well my, my initial one was about um, the spiking yeah. and the girls night in nation, nationwide campaign and I touched on that and touched on, you know, we need to make sure that in Northern Ireland we're really protecting women here because mm. it, it can be quite a difficult environment and so can everywhere else in the UK but especially now like it's only in new news that we're getting this gender uh, campaign against uh, oh sorry uh, the women and girls violence violence against women and girls strategy yeah. that's all very new and you know making sure that we've all got proper access to abortion they're all really important issues so I think there's a definite we need to protect our rights that we've got at the minute and continue to ask for more like well, not mm. ask for what demand more yeah um, but then my other one, sometimes I find that I, um, it can get me, if you, if you get yourself too into something like this, it can get really heavy on your shoulders and it can become quite, um, demanding on you. So mm-hmm. my other article was about Taylor Swift and how her, <laughs> and how her demand for her music back was all a misogynistic. So it was a slightly lighter, um, article the second one but just as important yes definitely just as important as well good to get some Taylor Swift content on the scoop yeah exactly <laughs> um and also just sort of other than the topics you've already discussed today um what issues do you think are most important to female students here in Northern Ireland and as well as that as you come from the north of England yourself um do you think in general the same sort of issues affect female students um in Northern Ireland and in England or do you think there's sort of some that are more prominent in some places more than others? Yeah so again I have so I'm new to Belfast I've lived here for a couple of years um but they're very here at home and Belfast I feel are very different places mm. um but our laws are like our laws on the whole are the same we're you know so there are I think in in the north of Ireland that's it's really important to focus on getting through that um violence against women and girls strategy that's that is currently being pushed through that's really important mm. um because that's really what we're lacking and access to abort like I, I did a um an abortion pills workshop with um alliance for choice and i found it really um she was talking about how it's how okay the, we, the north has the best um legislation for abortion out of all the um, parts of the UK, but actually putting it into practice is where we're still lacking. So I think that's really important in Northern Ireland. But mm. that being said, I think, and I can only comment on my own experience, but boys, boys, men I've met in Belfast and men I've met here in Leeds, I think there is a much more respectful attitude um, from people in the North Island. I think oh, the, the attitude yeah I think that I think the and that's not taking away from the fact that of course there are people that are not respectful and whatever but it on the whole I think the culture is um much more respectful 
So okay. I think that's where we're lacking here at home. I think some. Oh, okay, that's really interesting. Some, I think some maybe just some Leeds boys need an etiquette lesson. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Leeds need to get their act together. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, <laughs> um, okay, that's that's really interesting to know. And just one of my last questions for you today, um, which I'm going to hopefully ask all my guests on the show, is: Do you have any female role models um, that inspire you? Um, okay, I like this one. This is interesting. <laughs> um, I really like bold women who won't take no for an answer. They're um, they're always my idols. So, my mum <laughs> is oh. is, a, is a perfect example of someone who refuses to take no for an answer and will really challenge things and be like, no, actually, that's not fair. Um, but on her, you know, many of you won't be lucky enough to know my mum. <laughs> <laughs> so on a more wide scale, I know I read Malala's book. Um, when I was either year seven or year eight, really quite um, young. And she really changed my perspective. She really got me invested in, hang on a minute, something's not right here. Like she she was just refusing to be told no about going to school. So she really inspires me. And I love seeing what she gets up to. And I think she's a phenomenal role model for uh, young mm, women. Definitely. Yeah. I think both your mom and Manala, great, great role models to have. <laughs> um, Lots in common. <laughs> yeah um and yeah so just my last question for you holly is if anyone who's listening today uh, maybe has any queries or questions after hearing you speak um and they want to know a little bit more about things um, that you can help them with um yeah. and what you can do for them um, how can they get in touch with you as women's officer i mean if you see me on campus feel free to flag me down. Like I'll always be friendly, I promise. Um, so please, if anyone sees me and wants to speak to me, they are welcome to. But probably the best way to get in contact with me is by email. So my women's officer email is on the QBSU website, but it's all it's su.women at qub.ac.uk. Um, and I always try and get back to people as quickly as possible. And I will do my best to help and inform you where I can. Okay, that's great to know. So everyone knows how to contact you now. So that's yes. Great. Um, and yeah, so that's that's brilliant. Um, well, Holly, it was great to chat with you today and find out a little bit more about your role as women's officer and the work you've been getting up to this year. Um, so just wanted to say thank you so much for joining me for this episode and also for being the very first guest on the Women's Scoop. <laughs> no, thank you so. I feel so honoured. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you. you for having me. Thanks. That was Holly Tonstall, the QBSU's part-time women's officer. And I'm now joined by QB students, uh, Abby Davidson and Rachel Hassan, uh, for the first of a regular segment on the show, Worldwide Women, where we'll be exploring the stories of inspiring women from around the world, both past and present. Um, and before we go into this week's story, I thought we could get to know Abby and Rachel a little better. Um, so girls, if you could both just tell me a little bit about yourselves. Um, Abby, if you want to start. Hi, um, yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm Abby and I am 20 and I study liberal arts at Queen's as um, Chrissy's already said. I'm going into my, um, I'm in my third year. So I've got one more year to go after this. Um, for fun, I enjoy writing. I write for the Culture Scoop um, at Queen's and I'm really, really into fashion and eating. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think that's mostly about me. That's great. Thank you, Abby. And Rachel, the same question to you. Hi, uh, I'm Rachel and I'm just in my final year now of doing 
English and history um, and just some stuff at Queen's. I'm the school rep currently for Arts, English and Languages and vice chair for QB Inclusion. Um, I'm very interested in all things like feminism and activism, so I'm very excited to be here with you today. <laughs> Great, thank you, Rachel. And uh, you both also have your own blogs as well, um, on which you discuss a range of different issues. Um, so would you like to just tell me a little bit about those and how people can find them as well? So I'll start with you again, Abby. Um, so my blog, I run it on Instagram and the main kind of thing behind my blog was fashion. So like I share all my outfits and I'm very colourful. So like you have to get used to that if you're a follower of me. Um, but like even recently, I've started doing a lot more about body positivity and mental health because I suffer a lot with anxiety and um, I've kind of journey um, journaled my like experience um, with being on antidepressants recently and um, even I talk a lot about fat phobia because that's quite a current and important issue to me um, and I even throw some, some sustainable fashion and styling tips in there um, but I just want to create like a kind of honest and positive space for people because um, I know that we miss out on that a lot on Instagram um, and in everyday life and if you're interested in finding me you can find me at abby.fantasy it's spelled a bit funny um, it's like fantasy, but IE instead of Y. Um, so, yeah. Thanks. That sounds great. A really great variety of topics in there. Um, and Rachel, same to you. Can you tell us a little bit about your blog? Yeah, uh, I also have uh, my blog on Instagram as well and a website called Blogger. Uh, it's kind of just my wee safe space for activism, mainly focusing on mental health, disability and feminism. So, like recently I shared some of my experiences about what it was like to get a late autism diagnosis sort of in the hopes that it might help somebody else going through it and you can find my page on instagram as well it's your best underscore is enough amazing thank you um yeah everyone should definitely check out those blogs and uh this week uh you're both here um to take part in the very first worldwide women uh segment um, and this week, you've both been looking at the life of a certain inspirational woman. Um, so, Abby, would you first like to tell us a little bit about them? Yes. So, um, Rachel and I are going to talk to you a bit about um, a woman who we find really inspirational. Um, and you probably never heard of her because I actually only heard about her this week. Um, so she was called Mercedes Lights. Um, and she was actually the first British woman to swim the English Channel, which she did in 1927. So... Um, not quite a hundred years ago, but coming close. Um, and she was actually the first person to swim the Straits of Gibraltar. Um, and from what I could find on her, she was actually like keeping up with her male counterparts, which is <laughs> really, really impressive. Um, she did her swim with the English Channel in just 15 hours and 15 minutes, which is like insane to me because I can literally not even swim at length. Like I'm not even <laughs> Um, so she was the daughter of a German immigrant. So she spent a lot of time in Germany and she was also bilingual. Uh, she was a bit of a celebrity. She even did like modeling for Rolex. Um, <laughs> and she was a bit of an icon of um, 1920s Britain. Um, but after she got married and had her kids, nobody really heard of her for years and years. Mm. And her grandchildren um, only like recently discovered her achievements. Um, oh, and that was all up until her death in 1981. Okay, that's really interesting. So her family didn't really know very much about her achievements, but sort of even though like maybe her family didn't know so much about her, is she still commemorated today? 
Yeah, so she's been in the news a wee bit recently um, because there's actually a film being made about her um, called Indication Swim, which is going to be released later this year. So you should all keep an eye out for that. Um, and this week, there was a blue plaque put up um, in her birthplace of um, Brighton on her home. So if you're in Brighton anytime soon, you should try and find that. Yeah, definitely. And that film as well sounds really interesting. I'd like to see that. Um, and Rachel, would you like to just tell us a little bit about why... Mercedes' achievements um, back in the 1920s are still so relevant today. Yeah, so just to bounce off what Abby has said uh, about Mercedes, I'm going to say uh, just a wee bit about the social context surrounding this achievement and why it's so relevant. Um, And I think even the fact that we're talking about her now shows how she's still relevant. Um, So Mercedes completed this challenge in 1927, um, which was a time in which not only sports but also wider British society was heavily dominated by male presence and of course at the time she would have been preparing for this we've just about had the passing of the representation of the People's Act in 1918 so this is what sort of allowed not all women but some women to vote for the first time in Britain and Ireland and of course this is all thanks to the suffragettes movement and all the women who fought tirelessly for their rights Okay, so really all of Mercedes' achievements are actually happening at like a really significant time for like the history of women's right and women's rights in general as well. Yeah. So we have all of these contexts of, you know, a patriarchal society where women are really having to fight for their voices, but alongside that we have women who are not afraid to use their voices and we start to see some more movements towards positive change in this time. So Undoubtedly, women's sports wouldn't have gotten the recognition that men's did. And of course, these are issues which we still see today. So I think it's really important for us to recognise the achievements of Mercedes. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And as you were both saying there, I think like, it's really important for us to recognise the achievements of women like Mercedes and sort of realise how far we've come as a society, both in relation to women's recognition in sports and then also just in women's rights in general. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, Abby and Rachel, for sharing Mercedes' story with us this week on Worldwide Women. And I can't wait to hear what you've got in store next time on the show. So thanks very much. Thank you. That was QB students and bloggers Abby Davidson and Rachel Hassan. Well, that's all for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the very first episode of The Women's Scoop. A special thanks to all my guests this week, Holly, Abby and Rachel. And thank you too so much for listening. If you want to get in touch with the show, please do contact us by email at thescoop at queensradio.org. And next week, I'll be joined by the SU's Equality and Diversity Officer, Neve Oddy, and we'll also be hearing another inspiring story in Worldwide Women. Hope you can join me for that. But until then, uh, I've been your host, Kirsty King, and this has been The Women's Scoop.